Hello, everybody. Before we dive into today's episode, we are brought to you by Routine. When we sleep, we lose between a pound and a pound and a half of water, mostly from expelling vapors and sweating. Routine came up with a product called Morning Routine. It's a single-serve packet that contains half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and no sugar. I just tear one of these open, dump it into my water first thing in the morning, and honestly, I feel so much more hydrated when I use it. Highly recommend you trying Morning Routine to just give you a hydration boost to your day first thing in the morning before you grab your cup of coffee. If you want to try Morning Routine, go to yourroutine.com and use code SHANEWHITE30 at checkout. You'll receive 30% off your first order. Today, we're also brought to you by Elite Sweets. Elite Sweets is redefining the way we think about sweets with their Elite Donut. The Elite Donut is a better-for-you donut that is packed with 13 grams of protein, gluten-free, keto-friendly, and most importantly, in my opinion, contains only one gram of sugar. So if you want a sweet, but you don't want to ruin your macros, don't want to ruin your diet, grab yourself an Elite Donut. Again, there's 13 grams of protein, so they're a great protein snack. I love these things, especially when I'm just craving something sweet. It's something that I would probably ruin my diet on, but I grab an Elite Donut instead, get 13 grams of protein. Uh, They also have a new flavor maple they just launched, and they're also shelf-stable now. So check, check. They're easy to store in your pantry, take them with you on the go. They're fantastic. I love them. You can get yours today at EliteDonut.com or on Amazon. Either way, if you use code SHANEWHITE30, you'll get 30% off your order. We're also brought to you by NeuroRoast today. Today's episode is brought to you by NeuroRoast, a company that's dedicated to helping you optimize your brain function and overall well-being. NeuroRoast's flagship product is their premium mushroom coffee, which is made with an organic single-origin coffee and their signature blend of five different functional mushrooms, cordyceps, lion's mane, reishi, turkey tail, and chaga. Mushroom coffee is a new and exciting way to supercharge your day. Unlike regular coffee, which can cause jitters and crashes, mushroom coffee provides a more balanced and sustained energy boost, allowing you to stay focused and productive throughout the day. And with NeuroRoast ground and instant coffee options, you can enjoy the benefits of mushroom coffee wherever and whenever you need it. And here's some great news for my listeners today. NeuroRoast is offering an exclusive discount code just for you. If you use code SHANEWHITE, and that's just Shane White, one word. During checkout at NeuroRoast.com, you'll get 30% off your order of NeuroRoast mushroom coffee. So whether you choose the ground or instant option, the Shane White 30 discount code will work for 30% off. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Shane White Show. I'm fired up for this one today. Uh, Jacob Holland on the podcast. Jacob Welcome to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing excellent, Shane. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Before we hit record, I, you know, I, and I always do this if, if there's like a pre-story. I, I totally fucked up everything this morning. Baby had a rough <laughs> night. I'm late. Never happens. I am not like my friends will laugh if they hear this because I, me and my wife do tend to be like not perfectly on time. But when it comes to meetings or podcasts, like, yeah, I'm not late. So first of all, apologies for that. Appreciate your That's patience okay. as we, as we got up and running here. Um, for everyone listening, the reason I'm so excited about this is obviously this podcast. I always love talking to people who do really cool shit. Going from zero to one is something I'm obsessed with, no matter if it's fitness, business. Um, and so Jake, who we'll get into his story here in a second. The reason I wanted to reach out is he's basically the OG of something a lot of you uh, have heard <laughs> me talk about. Um, OG, OG maybe is not the right term, right? I would, I would give Corey maybe the OG junior. You. I'm a yeah. junior. I was like, I would give Corey probably the nod at OG, but you definitely are now, you're now the GOAT. So, um, yeah. so Jake, I'll introduce you a little bit and let you jump in. For everyone listening, you've, you've heard me talk about lunges probably at, at least a few different podcasts. Um, Jake not only has been doing lunges way longer than me now, uh, he also set the Guinness Book of World Record time for the mile lunge in the fall. So incredible right. accomplishment, Jake. I mean, I, I, t- I messaged you on Instagram because I hadn't done a full blown, just even an 800 for time. Like I do lunges every day, but I just hadn't done like, okay, today is like, leave your soul on the track type of day. Yeah. Yep. And I did in my time, I was like, wait, his, his mile time, I knew it was really fast, but then when yep. I did that and it was the first time I'd done it in a while, 
I was like, holy shit, that is really fast. Like I, yeah. I left it all out there and I was, I still would have been 13 minutes behind you. <laughs> right. So anyway, welcome to the show. I'm pumped to learn more about your journey. Um, but if I, that's obviously the huge, huge news that you, you have a Guinness book of world record, but for everyone listening, yeah. Jake, who doesn't know you, can you give like a little intro to yourself besides that and just who you are and where you're from? Yeah, no doubt. Um, like my, you said, my name's Jacob Holland. You can call me Jake. Um, but I, I wanted to put that on there cause, uh, I spell it uniquely with a K and it's yeah, not. You do. I was gonna say, I, I thought I misspelled that the first time I, when I like wrote something Most down, I was like, wait, yeah, I like that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. But I'm from a small town in, in Michigan called Seaboying. And I, just like every other person from Michigan, it's, it's in the thumb. It's in the thumb of Michigan here on County, um, born and raised. And then eventually I, I just kept moving on, but I was a three-sport athlete growing up in high school, played basketball, football, baseball. I even did a little bit of track and field, throwing some shot put and things like that. So I've always been uh, fairly active and, and in the weight room. So I was introduced to the weight room my freshman year of high school, and it was a class that we did. So um, that's my first experience back in 07. So obviously times change and you, and you learn and you grow, but fast forward a little bit, I played college basketball at Delta College, which is um in Saginaw Michigan I don't know if you're familiar with Michigan at all but I yeah I have a good buddy a really good friend in Brighton I I always that I always tell people Brighton that I I don't know how far away you are from that yeah so Brighton I would say is like an hour south of Saginaw maybe an hour and a half but every time I explain it to somebody in Ohio Saginaw is like two hours north of Detroit Mm, okay so you can just take I-75 and go right right near Saginaw. And I played there for two years from 2011 till 2013. And then I got recruited by an NAIA school called Lindenwood University in Belleville, Illinois, which is kind of like a chain school off of their main campus in St. Charles, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Belleville, Illinois is 20 minutes away from St. Louis to kind of give you a a better perspective. Um, But I played there the first half of the season. I was going through a rough time during that little period. And then after Christmas break, I went back to Lindenwood and played two games and I was starting both of those games. And then that second game back from break, I re-dislocated my shoulder. So um, I knew, yeah, I knew right then and there that my basketball career was done. And um, I dislocated my left shoulder in high school, my right shoulder in high school and had surgery on my right one. And then, uh, I had to get surgery on my left one after I dislocated it again. And when I was in Illinois, I dislocated my right knee, which caused me to have a lateral release on my uh, patella. So I don't really have a patella tendon on my right knee, which a lot of oh, people wow. don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like we were talking about before we started recording, I'm a little banged up right now. I actually booked an appointment to go see Dr. Eric Serrano here in Columbus. So I'm going to go see him towards the end of May. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that to see what I can do to get back fully healthy again. So I know it was Love a long winded intro, but no, that's really interesting, man. Um, so to get to my, what I guess I didn't know is you grew up in Michigan. I've seen you post some stuff about Michigan. How did you end up in Columbus? Yeah. So at the time I was living in Grand Rapids with my girlfriend, now wife, and I had a job opportunity with the same company organization, but the sister company in Ohio. So I work for a campground company based out of Bay City, Michigan. Um, and then the sister company in Ohio, they work together. And I had an opportunity to come down here. And at the time I was already on the program with Corey and it was a great opportunity with work. And I knew the 4am crew was right down the road in Columbus. And that's where they wanted me to live was Columbus. So I said, I talked to my wife and I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's, let's do it. So we packed our house. I mean, we bought the house that we lived in in Grand Rapids. We only lived there for nine months. And then we ended up renting it out for a whole year while we were down here and eventually sold it so we could buy the house we live in now, which will be in June, two years. Oh, wow. Good for you guys. No, yes. that's really cool, man. Because that's uh, that's what I, I was curious if that was just organically happened where you ended up in Columbus and then you followed Corey's stuff anyway. So you ended up over there. That's yeah. really cool, though, that that was like part of the decision. Uh, yeah, it was, I think that's it badass. Was 
It's so funny because my, my boss knew that at the time. And uh, he said, like, man, I'll, I'll cover your gym fee if you want me to <laughs> just to get you down there because you knew the type of guy I am and, and what yeah. kind of work I'm going to put into the, the company. So here we Got are. It. Still. It's funny, man. Um, God, I think hard work, early mornings, a lot of that cuts a lot, out a lot of people. Like it, it cuts through a lot of bullshit, right? You, when you see the I type know. of people who are up early putting in the kind of work that you're doing, yep. It's really funny, but really true. Like it applies to probably everything you do. It's not just that you show up early to work. Hundred percent, I would agree. That's really cool, man. So then you you moved to Columbus. Were you, at the time were you doing Corey? And for everyone listening, we've talked about it, and Corey's been on the podcast a couple times. Um, we're talking about Corey G. Do you were you doing his workouts just through his app before when you were living in Michigan? Then so do you. He, had, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 2019, I signed up for the I Want Abs contest, and that's what dragged me into the Max Effort and the Corey G Fitness app. Um, and I was all in right away. Well, technically not all in because I didn't start the lunch streak until six weeks into the, the competition, which we totally don't recommend whatsoever. You want to jump in right away. But um, yeah, I signed up first week in January, bought the supplements. I was getting swagged out with all the apparel the, and everything. So I was going going hard and I was fully invested. I was reading his mindset manual and then um, David Goggins can't hurt me. And then I, that's just that's what really shifted my mindset. It was just like everything in Goggins book, like everything he went through. I'm sure you read it, Shane. Um, yeah. It just really opened up my mind to what I'm capable of. Right. So I just kept kept that mindset every day and just kept showing up every day and putting forth the effort. And I ended up getting top 20 um, in that contest that year, which was super cool because I think 1,100 people participated. So I was really proud of that. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't start my lunch streak until six weeks into the competition. Right. I was doing what we do not recommend. I was doing the 100 or a couple sets in between benching. And then one day I was like, you know, I'm going to do a hundred steps in a row. And this is how I try to explain it to people now is try to scale it. Right. You mm -hmm. scale with hundred oh, yeah. steps, maybe 120 or three to four minutes. So that's what I did. And then one day, one of my training partners, when I was training in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, he came in and talked about there, he saw somebody on the way to the gym running these super steep stairs that are in Grand Rapids. It's like 10 flights and it's very steep. He goes, it was 30 degrees out snowing in the morning and they were out there running these stairs. I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to up my game a little bit. Right. Yeah. So hell yeah. That, that, another mind mindset shift. So there, and then here we are. Yeah. 1,507 days later. I was say, do you know off the top of your head? You just threw it out. Love oh, yeah. it. 1,507, four, four years, six weeks, five days. I'm I think it's it. funny because I, when I got over a thousand days, uh, you, I, I realized when I had to like break my streak, I'll get into that in a second. You, um, yeah. you, when you start putting weeks and days, I'm like, that was smart. Like, I think it gives people a, a way different understanding of like yep. how long that streak is. Right. Like it's versus yep. just like a bazillion days and people don't know the difference between the day before and the day after. So I like, I like that, that part right. of it you did. Um, and it's all about the, the long-term mindset. Right. And that's what I'm trying to, to get across to some of the people with the four years, six weeks and, in five days and on Sunday will be four years and seven weeks. So I always try to like seven weeks. The next day is day one. It's just another day, right? right. It's another day to get better and continue your streak and, and make progress. So I, I mean, I personally needed that mindset shift. Um, like I told you before we started recording, going through a couple things with my body. So um, for me to shift that into years, weeks, and days, I just take it day by day. Every day is a different day. I'm going to feel different and I'm going to just see how I go from there. If that makes sense. No. Yeah, it definitely does. I like that a lot, man. Um, Cause it really is health and fitness is a long game. It's, it's a no marathon. It, yep. it really is. And it should be a lifelong pursuit. I think, you know, I, I think I've learned that. I remember being in high school and college and just trying to, I would say even before I started seeing Corey stuff, this was just like, you know, you have six weeks till spring break and you, you assume that like you can just turn it on and, and lose weight and get jacked. It's not, no, don't work like that. No, it doesn't work like that, man. It doesn't work like that at all. No. Um, so to go back, so you, that's really cool. So you moved to Columbus. Did you reach yep. out to Corey? Cause you, if you got in the top 20, I'm sure you guys, you had communications with the squad anyway. So how did yeah, you start going bit. to old school? Like, how did you like move down there? Get to go. Well, at that time, were you there before it became like a closed group? 
I was. No, yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's yep. cool. So you, got to, you got to see the old school, old school gym. Yep. Prior to that, I never experienced old school until I moved here. I always wanted to come down and, and visit and get that day pass and check out the 4am crew and see what they were about. But it just never really happened. I never put forth the effort to do it until I got the opportunity to move out there for work. But I was following all the guys and, and messaging them like Zach McKinney and, and Tyler Treadway. Cole Susak and Tyler Olds, I was messaging them, liking all their stuff. Like, oh man, you guys are so strong, things like that. So that was cool <laughs> to it. have a little bit of connection before I got there. And then once I got there, I just knew that I needed to keep showing up, keep putting my foot forward, helping spot, doing whatever I needed to do to to fit in and, and, and make myself uh, present inside the 4AM crew. And here we are three years later, my first day with the crew was January 2nd of 2020. Um, as soon as I moved here, that was the first order of business was to buy my old school gym membership. Love and that's it. what I did. So ever since then, I can honestly say since I moved here, if I, I haven't missed a day of showing up at 4am, if I never, like I wore slept before, but I never show up late and I'm, I'm always there and I take pride in that. And I mean, I just honestly just love getting up in the morning. I mean, it's not easy every day. Like this morning, I'm, I, mean, I was a little tired. I was a little banged up. I've been squatting again. So um, it was rough getting out of bed, but you bet your ass I'm going to show up. Yeah, man. I love it. And it's funny how all of you have that mentality. Like you see yeah. that if you follow everyone from that crew. Um, yep. When you when you started doing that, could you explain to everyone what what is the old – for anyone that doesn't know, the 4 a.m. crew, pretty self-explanatory. But explain to everyone what that crew does on a daily basis. Yeah, so essentially we all – train at 4 a.m. at Old School Gym that's owned by Corey Gregory and, and Dustin Myers. But uh, it's uh, an elite powerlifting group. Not everybody's an elite powerlifter. I'm not an elite powerlifter, but the majority of the guys at some point have been an elite powerlifter, which is amazing to learn from these guys. These guys are so strong, so much knowledge in the whole strength and conditioning industry. So I'm like a sponge every time I walk in those doors. I'm, I'm listening to conversations that guys are having about training and about what movements work for them. And, and you pick and choose and take what works for you, right? So every morning we come in, Monday is deadlift day, Tuesday's uh, bench, Wednesday squat, and then Thursday pump work. And then Friday's like a, a front squat max out day. So um, yeah, I, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, for sure. Okay. The 4 a.m. piece is key. So what time do you have to get up to get there by four? Me personally, I'm a slow mover in the morning. I, I move real slow. So I usually get up about 3 to 3.10 in the morning. I have it down to a T on when I know what time I'm going to get there because I live 17 to 20 minutes away from the gym. So I know what time I need to leave the house. I get up 3 o'clock. I'm out the door 3.30, get there 3.50, 3.45, start warming up, start shooting the shit a little bit with the boys, and uh, and then we get after it. That's awesome, man. That's cool. And then how long How long is the training session in the morning? Like for all of you guys to get through? Because it always, I, whenever I see the clips, it seems like, Especially if you guys are doing like heavy front squats, which is most mornings, right? If not every morning. Yeah. Um, yep. Is it, does it, how long does it take for everyone to get through that and then the accessory work after? Right. So everybody's schedule is different, right? So some guys, they got to get in and out by 5 a.m. or 5.30. Some people like myself have, have a little bit more flexibility in the morning. And sometimes I find myself 6.30, 7 o'clock still there, shooting the shit, doing a couple extra accessories, things like that. But essentially, it's from 4 to 5.30. It's like dead fucking serious. Like, you better be about your shit, and you better do your, your lifts and your accessories and get moving, right? And then towards the end, it's a little pump work, shooting the shit type deal. So um, Love it. That's, okay. Yeah. And then usually you leave, then go lunge over at yep. a track. Or I, I know you've been doing some like in-place in lunging, which is what I've been doing too. To yep. Switch it up. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll, I'll get to do some stationary lunges inside the gym. I know it's starting to get a little bit nicer here in Ohio. Um, so I'm, I've been itching to get back out on the track. I know I did a lot of stationary lunges once I completed that mile record. Um, yeah. it, that's when it started getting cold again. Um, I know we talk a lot about getting outside and embracing that environment. Um, and I, I like to do that once in a while. But I take these lunges so serious that if I look at them as uh, an accessory movement, that helps me feel better. You know what I'm saying? Get that blood flow, get that GPP moving. And if I know it's 
30 degrees with three inches of snow on the track. I have an, uh, an option. An, uh, I could slip. I could hurt something. I could get injured. I'm not about to do that and risk uh, not being able to lift weights, right? So then it's always about changing it up. So I'm going to change it up and do some stationary lunges. And some yeah. people have asked me, Jake, how can you uh, tell you've done 800 meters if you're doing them stationary? I've been doing them for so long, Shane, that I used to count my steps every single day on the track. So conservatively, I always do 650 steps when I'm doing them stationary. So I'll give you a quick little breakdown of stationary lunges for myself. I'll count every step the first three minutes. And it's typically anywhere between 80 to 100 steps, depending on my pace. And I'm always going faster. I'm going slower, again, depending on how I feel. So, And then I multiply that by six until I get to 650. But... Last week, I did 30 minutes no matter what, and that range was anywhere between 750 steps to 900, right? Okay, so yeah. If, if you look at it volume-wise, I'm doing probably more stationary lunges than I would walking. And in my opinion, I think stationary are harder than walking, but it's a totally oh, different yeah. stimulus. So. I know. I'm a big um, variance person. So, like, even my, yeah. my, my I training, I, I do – because I have I actually have, a, like, a garage gym set up that – it's pretty sweet. And so I do, I'll do functional movements too. So kind of like CrossFit type workouts, strength training. Nice. Um, and I, I try to do the same thing. I was, once I had to like reset the lunge streak, it's, it's kind of wild. I think doing stationary lunges, especially if you add some variance or any weight, um, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing, which makes it fun. I think especially no if we've been doing it for a long time. It's like another way to just keep it interesting, keep it variated. That's really cool though. Cause I, I've heard that question too. So you basically take the amount of steps it takes you to, so did you start that at the track? You said you, you did basically at, at one point in time, you were pretty good at dialed in at like how many steps it took you to get around one lap. And then you can do that and basically just apply that to, in place. Yes. Is that what you, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And anytime someone asks me, I tell them to do that. Like, yeah, it sucks to count them and you might be able to lose track while you're counting, but just, just be more conscious one time. And then you have a base number and right. then continue to retest every couple of weeks. Right. Cause you're yeah. going to get faster or and then your numbers will go down and then you don't have right. to do as many stationary things like that. So I tell people yeah. I, that's a really good one. Actually, that's probably better than what I do. Cause what I've done too is um, I, I have a, it's not a long driveway by any stretch, but from the back yeah. of my garage to the driveway, if I do, if I go down and back, I call that a round. And if I yep. do 24 rounds, I measured it with like a literally like a, a measuring tape. Uh, yeah. That's 800 meters. So oh, if yeah. I do it at my house, I have to do 24 rounds. And then obviously like that compared to the track is different because you're like stopping and turning, stopping and turning, stopping and turning. So it's not like a continuous loop. Um, so it's a little slower, but yeah. th that's really cool. I mean, I think whether you take, you know, go to the track once and map it out. I tell people, and I think Corey and you have both talked about this. I'm like, don't use like the GPS watches. They're always no. fucking wrong. Never right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The best thing to do is just go to a track. If you're someone new that wants yes. to get into it. And I always say, just do like. Do like one side of the track one time. 100 meters. Time. It's going to take you yep. 20 minutes probably. Just take your time. Yeah, 100 meters. That way you just start a baseline. Uh, and there's something about being at a track when no one else is there and you're just out there in the morning lunging. I'm not going to lie. There's not a whole lot better than just being out there, taking your time, listening to an audio book. You're like getting smarter. You're getting fitness in. Uh, I always say it's, it's like my drug. I got to get my fix every morning. Yeah, right? <laughs> it seriously is, man. The days yeah. where I have to do lunges later in the day, it's like not as good of a day. No, and honestly, it's, I, it's, it's I, kind of sad, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's rough because you think about, man, I still got to keep doing my lunges and you keep procrastinating because you know how hard they are. Yeah. And then you, you get towards that point in the day, you're like, dang, now you're dreading them. And I don't ever want to get to that point. Um, but you said something important. It's always you need to make sure it's fun, right? And that's yes. what's so important. You need to make it fun by changing it up all the time instead of doing the same movement every single time. I know I've showed a couple different variations of lunges, sumo, close stance, cross stance, all those different things. But then you can go into a whole new world with stationary lunges, with the deficit, with yeah. anything, you know what I'm saying? So that's what keeps it fun because it keeps your body guessing. And then that's how you're going to make progress and, and make your body change. 100% man. Yeah, even like in this last week, I know something to just change up on my end. I did, now I've been lunging onto a 25 pound plate and then yeah. yesterday I started holding, I've been like building weight. So yesterday I was holding 35 pound kettlebells in each hand. 
And I was yeah. like, and doing like almost like uh, pocket lunges. So doing yep. like knees over toes type, like really it's slow. Huge. So it was taking me a long time, but I'm like, dude, with the weight, this is, this is like a whole different stimulus. Like this is so different than what I'm just like as fast as I can go 800 meters. They're like two different workouts almost. Facts. And, and you're going to bulletproof your knees with those pocket lunges. By the way, I did see your story and you hit a monumental day yesterday, day 69. Let's go. I know. I should, I should have, I should have made something better. Of it. I should have made a joke, bigger joke about it. But thank you for calling that out, Jake. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it, it's funny, man, because uh, it's 69. And I've told a couple people this. I was like, when I had a restart, it was like, ah, I kind of sucked. Like it felt, it's weird. And I'm sure you would feel the same way. Yeah. It's, it's just lunges. It's not, it's not going to like change. It's not like, I don't even know what to compare it to, but it does feel like it's part of your identity when you hit a number, like, especially where you're at, like to yeah. like start over. It, it definitely, it was like a gut blow, but then yeah. at the same time, I think it was a good example of showing like, it's just a streak. Like a streak is really, really important. It's not honestly streaks in business too. like doing something continuously every single day is how I think I don't know. I learned that from Corey, like anything right. streak wise helps. It just like lays the foundation of making it's, it's showing up every day and being good instead of worrying about being great once in a while. Right. It's like consistently yep. good is better than being great every now and then. Um, but be, getting back to, you know, today will be, I haven't done them yet actually. So I'll do, do them after this, but 70 days. I mean, that flew by in an instant. So Ten weeks. It just, yeah. It just goes to show that like, get back on. You know, yep. you fell off the horse, get back on, keep going. It's a long, long journey. Right. So yeah, the, no the problem is now I, I can't catch up to you unless you, unless you have a, you know, a hiccup. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about that. Unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Um, I have said though, like if, if Dr. Serrano says something about my lunges and need to get better and I need to cut it, I, I'll probably really, really, really consider that one. But yeah. everybody tells me, Jake, I'm not going to be the one to tell you to break your streak. I never will be. Um, and and I've been I've come close. And the one time I came close was when I had COVID back in 2021. It was the first week I was yeah. laying in bed all day. I got I got it really bad. And I was like, it was 830 at night. And I'm like, I just cannot let this go. So I got up, did stationary lunges. It took me like 40 minutes to get the full 650 steps or 700, whatever I did. Um, that whole week was pretty rough of stationary lunges, but I, I did them no matter what. Damn, dude. Yeah, I yeah. Did, I've done them through COVID. That was the one time I got hollered at by uh, my mom and my wife. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. if COVID's going to kill me, lunges aren't going to make it any better or worse, right? So, <laughs> Honestly, I feel better after. Dude, I you know it's funny, man. I, the longer and longer I've been training, I'm like, I think movement is just such a, it's medicine. Like getting blood Absolutely. flow throughout your body and through your brain. It's better than laying around. Like your body's not meant to lay around. I don't know, man. I don't. I think there's something to that. I, it's funny though. When I had to break mine recently, uh, I had a deviated septum surgery, uh -huh. and I was like, I can. I, I legitimately told my surgeon, I'm like, I know. I know you tell people they can't, they shouldn't exercise. Like I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else by any stretch, but like I, yeah. I'll be fine. I've been doing this for a long time. Like I can lunge. And he yeah. he was going on and on about no, you cannot get your heart rate up. And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm going to lunge. So like, I don't know what you want me to do here. <laughs> and, and he goes, okay, I'll make you a deal. You can, you can lunge, go for it. Just come to the office and do them in the parking lot. Cause you're going to bleed out. And I'll just need to have an ambulance ready to go when you're done. And I was like, as much of a cool story as that would be. Okay. Be maybe that's a good reason not, not to, uh, not to lunge. So he convinced me to, uh, to break the streak, but I will tell you, Jake, those, it was 14 days I had to take off. Wow. So brutal. Suck. I bet. Like not like, you know, I mean, like, can you yeah. imagine not going to, to train at 4am or lunch for two weeks? Like, it's just like, what do you do with your life? I don't even, <laughs> even want to think about it. I mean, last week I was on vacation in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and I didn't touch any weights. And then the guys were telling me not to, cause I would, like I said, I was I've been banged up Yeah. and yeah. Uh, by Thursday morning, I mean, I still get my lunges. I got, I took some bands and things like that, get some uh, blood flow and get a little pump going, but uh I was itching to touch those weights. And as soon as I walked into old school Monday morning, man, it, it, it felt, it felt perfect. Yeah. Well, so, probably you, you probably felt refreshed too. Oh, no doubt. I, I miss the guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how long have you been that. training like seriously and, and taking it serious like this? Yeah, I've been, uh, well, so the lunges I got, let me, th let me take a step back. I started, I, it's funny. Had never, I, I won't say never touched a weight high school. My story's a little different high school. Mm -hmm. And I actually like to tell people the story. I don't think I've ever actually, anyone's ever asked me this on the podcast. So this will be new, but my friends know yeah. this. 
I was kind of like the chubby, out of shape kid in high school. Um, I had played basketball, baseball, football all through, you know, growing up into middle school. And it's funny. I don't know if I was just burned out or just going through a weird time in life, but like freshman year of high school, I was just like, I'm done with all of that. And I started playing golf. (laughs) So I played, I played high school golf. Um, I played one year of high school tennis, but didn't touch like my, the, the key three that I always played, which was basketball, football, baseball. I just like, was like, yep. I'm done with all of them, which is really weird. And I think back, I don't really know why. So like weights in high school, honestly, was kind of a joke to me because I'd go to it. I really didn't give a shit. I was like that lazy kid that now I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah. I, I tell this story too in high school, I, before weight class, I used to go get one of those big Texas cinnamon rolls. Amazing. A, Mountain, a Mountain Dew out of the vending yes. machine, like fucking hundred grams of sugar, probably like, I don't know how many carbs. And, um, so I just didn't take it seriously. I was out of shape. It obviously affected, yeah. it even affected my golf game. Like I wasn't as good at golf as I, I should have been at even close. Um, yeah. so then I went to, I went to Purdue for college and nice. first semester, honestly, dude, I was kind of like your typical college kid, like kind of just being a dumbass. I was drinking a lot, probably right. not doing as well in school. And, the guy that is still my best friend and was the best man at my wedding, he lived on the same floor of the dorms as me. And he was like, let's go to the gym together. Like he was in good shape. He played quarterback in high school. And I was right. like, dude, I don't want to go lift weights. Like I fucking hate lifting weights. He convinced right. me to go. And he's going to, if he listens to this, he'll laugh. Cause he always, he always jokes to me that he's the reason I got back into shape. Um, hey. But he did. He like got me back into it. Like we made it a day, a thing every day. And then I just be- became obsessed with training and like what it did mentally, physically, aesthetically started looking differently. So then college, I was just absolutely obsessed. Um, mostly like, you know, your typical bro split, going to the gym right. type of thing, oh, yeah. especially like a co-rec at, at college. Um, and then I got out and I, the closest thing was, um, LA fitness. So I was going to like LA fitness, right. Very yep. different than what you do now. Um, yeah. and then when I moved to Chicago to speed forward real quick, um, I started working for a company called RX bar, which is like the okay. protein bar company. Um, nice. that was built yeah, on, those. yeah, they have like the ingredients on the front. It says like three almonds, three egg whites, you know, all the ingredients oh, yeah, on the yeah, front. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And, and they, they got started really on the back of CrossFit cause it was like a paleo bar. So anyway, mm. long story short, I didn't know anything about CrossFit, but that was, um, like everyone at RX, not necessarily everyone did it, but definitely was like kind of part of the culture. Like we were just as a company, we were very ingrained with that organization. So okay. I started doing some CrossFit. That's why I actually got the gym in my garage is because at the time, our X-Bar were based out of Chicago. Most people, one of our like perks was you got, it was like 250 bucks a month for the gym, which is crazy. Um, and I wasn't living in the city. I was out here at my house in the suburbs and I was like, I don't need a $250 gym membership. Can I just have the money and buy my own stuff? And they were like, sure. So they just gave me the cash. And so I have like rode yeah. everything in the garage. And it's actually yeah. a pretty sweet setup. So anyway, long story short, then it's just transitioned to that. I started doing a lot more CrossFit um, type workouts. And then honestly, like I've, I had been following Corey forever. Um, I was doing his, his uh, I can't remember what it was called. Gets Wole, I think. Gets yes, Wole in college, like okay. the muscle farm workouts. And yep. then that transitioned to me getting on the app. And then honestly, I and this is something I, I, I've always wanted to get better at, like I think if I was at a, at a place where you guys are at, where I was like, I had a, a accountability and, and guys around me, like build each other up, it'd be Huge. easier for me to just do those workouts. I'm by myself in my garage. So I typically do, I'll do like some of Corey's stuff. Honestly, I bounce over to CrossFit. I'm just like always changing stuff. Um, yeah. And then I lunge, like lunging has just been something that I, I, that's a non-negotiable, but the training side of things, I, I will say it's kind of all over the place. Like some, some, there's some stretches where I'm like super hardcore into CrossFit and there's some stretches yeah. where I'm super hardcore into, into what Corey's doing. And then I always sprinkle in like my thing. I don't do, I've never done a powerlifting event. I've obviously thought about it. I'm like, it'd be I fun just to train for one. You have. It's funny. I do like the opposite, which sounds super fucking weird. Like I, I signed up for a marathon last year and just like did a marathon. And it's funny though, Corey's powerlifting and uh, accessory work those workouts and then like CrossFit, my, my thought was like, does this stuff actually apply to other functionalities versus someone who's just super skinny, super light that just runs every day. And right. I like kind of proved it like the lunges. Yes. I mean, it, it totally paid off in running a, a marathon. I know Dustin did something similar. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's cool. I think it applies. Like it shows that like the strength training, all of this accessory work, this stuff actually, this actually turns into functionality and other methods. Uh, I no think it actually puts you ahead of a lot of folks that are just doing the running, for example. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a long time. So really since 
what, 2014. I would say I've gotten very serious though in the last three years. And funny enough, I did the I Want Abs contest in 20, I want to say 2020. It might have been 2021. Let's go back and look. Um, it was yeah. 2021 because this would have been okay. year three of doing it. Um, and so, yeah, I've been like hard, hardcore, honestly, since like 2020, 2021 on, on all of this like daily stuff. It's funny yep. when you ask that question because I'm like thinking out, thinking this out loud. Um, yeah, man, I've just really dialed it in in the last couple of years. Um, That's awesome. This year, the one thing I've done interestingly this year, and I wanted to get your take on this because do you do anabolic fasting and all? Do you like oh, every day, that? very strict, yeah. yes. Okay, so the one challenge, and Corey and I had a really good conversation around this. One challenge I had, I was the biggest anabolic fasting fan. Like I, I mean, I tell everybody, I still think, for 99.9% of people, it's probably like the best diet to get on because it's so easy. It's Fast. so simple to follow. And no matter what level you're at, like it just grounds you. And if you just follow the fucking rules and you don't try follow to bend the them, you're going to see progress. I felt like I got to a point where I needed to like get scientific almost to get my body fat to where I really wanted it to be. So this mm -hmm. year um, I have a friend who started, it's not, I wouldn't call it like a, my fitness pal competitor. It does a lot of other stuff, but yeah. I've been tracking macros for the beginning of this year. I had never okay. really done that before. And what I was realizing with anabolic fasting is I typically wasn't getting enough protein in the day. Yeah. Um, and I was getting too many carbs. And so okay. I like, I, I just have just dialed things a little bit differently this year. And it's, I've, well, this is going to sound crazy because I didn't weigh that much, but when we had the baby, I weighed 183 pounds. Um, okay. my body fat was probably, I don't know, 15 to 16%, I would say. And then, yeah since then so what's it's april 14th i'm down i'm down 20 pounds and oh, I, yeah, I would i would art thanks man i would argue it's been just like tweaking my diet a little bit yep. um but anyway yeah that's kind of my story this year's been like yeah. trying to like really nail it in and honestly it's i'm i my volume of training has gone down a little bit just because the baby right i'm trying to like yeah. fit in training sessions right now in between running a business and, and being a dad. So it's been a, it's been a lot, it's been a lot to manage. I know once, once his sleep is a hundred percent like down that I, I think it could be easier to go back to, you know, earlier, earlier training. Now it's kind of like, it just feels like every day is a little bit of a shuffle, but I just get it done. You know, it's like no excuses, just find the time, but the times are changing every day. It seems like hope yeah. that answered your question. That was very long oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely did. Definitely did. But I would say definitely should put a powerlifting meet on the on the calendar. They're they're just so much fun. I've never done one until I moved here and joined the crew and trained for one. Um, but I did six of them in the two year span of March of twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three. I did six of them. Oh, and wow. yeah, the last two were in the two twenty weight class, which the previous four, my first four were in the 242. So over the course of a year, I've lost 20 to 25 pounds. Oh, wow, to really, yeah, thank you. I, I really you, needed to lose it. You did it. You did a really good uh, side by side video of you trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records versus when you did. And I mean, you'd look totally different. It's and when happening. I talked to Corey about that, he told me I needed to lose the weight. He goes, Jake, for you to get this, you need to lose the weight. I need, you need to be your playing weight that you were in, in college when you were playing yeah. ball because that's when I was in the best shape cardiovascular wise. And, and that was huge key. I mean, the day of my attempt, I weighed 223 pounds and this morning I weighed 218. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Good for you, man. So yeah, what, what did you, what did you do with anabolic fasting to help you lose? Or did it, was it, do you think you did the same, but you changed some training mode? Like, what did you do you think to really like fire up your metabolism? It was more of the training aspect. I ha I've had anabolic fasting pretty dialed. I, so prior to me losing all that weight, I would say I was a good 70 percenter, maybe okay. some weeks, 65 to 75 percent. That was my fluctuation. But once my mindset shifted to uh, obtaining this record, I was 95 to 99 percent strict. Like even on the weekends, if I cheated, it was a quick little like couple Oreo spike. It wasn't like anything crazy because I knew like I was on a I was on a timeline. Like I had to have be a certain weight. I knew what weight I needed to be and, and how my float weight was. I had everything so dialed in. I knew what I was going to be the next morning. I woke up on Sunday morning to Monday morning. And then I knew what I needed to be that Tuesday. Cause it was on a Tuesday. Like I'd never been so dialed in than I was training for that attempt. So, wow. um, and, and it was huge. And, and 
but a lot of it, I spent my metabolism up through the extra training that I was doing. I mean, I wasn't only just lunging. I was also rucking. I was doing biking. I was doing the whole get stack program. I was squatting. I had shit dialed and it was, I was in the best shape of my life more than yeah. likely. I mean, I'm still in really good shape, not in as good of shape cardiovascular wise or strength wise as I was prior, but, um, it's always a work in progress, right? Like, you know, yeah, hundred percent. That's badass, man. Yeah. I could tell you. Well, I guess let's get to that because I want to be conscious of your time too. Um, oh, you're good. How, how did you how did you decide that you wanted to break the world record? Like, where did that come from? Where you just like were like, that's my my north star. Yeah, that's a great question. So the first time I attempted, I'll, I'll I'll transfer it way back to when I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I had a good friend of mine that would come to the track with me. He wouldn't lunge, but he he was big into running. He was training for a marathon at the time, and he just randomly one day came to the track. He's like, "Hey, Jake." Um, I was just doing some Googling last night to see if there was any like lunge record since you're lunging all the time. And I came across this Guinness world record of one mile of lunges. And I said, one mile, that was only when I was doing 800 meters. I didn't even, couldn't even comprehend a mile. I know. Is that crazy? Yeah. And at the time it was 25 minutes and 12 seconds, I think something like that. Um, and I laughed at him like, dude, like my 800 is 30 minutes. Like you think I'm going to be able to break this fast forward a little bit. I needed to do something and put something on the calendar when I, I moved to Ohio and my times were just getting faster and faster over those, over those years. And I knew I wasn't ready for a powerlifting meet. So when COVID hit, I, that's when I really took it serious. Like I'm going to lunge every day and I'm going to push the times all the time. I'm going to try to get faster and faster and faster. And then we get back up into the gym. I'm starting to train. And then I attempt this world record in 2020, August 30th. Um, I come up short, which is which was meant to be, it had like, that was my whole story was me failing that. And then coming back two years later and doing it, but I fail it. Um, I met some people through that whole process and fast forward a year and a half later, somebody else breaks it, which motivated me a little bit more. So they broke the previous record that I tried to break. And then that motivated me. And then I had some people chirping at me like, Jake, you should go after the record again. I know Cole, he was lunging with me quite a bit um, in the winter. He goes, Jake, you need to try to break that record again. And I'm just like, "Ah, I don't know. I I knew like what kind of, I knew what it kind of took to get in that mindset. And I was like, dang, it's a lot of work, man. Like it's not no easy task. So um, he just kept talking to me and talking to me. And then some things were said between some people. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to apply. I'm going to put forth my best effort in trying to break this. And what's funny is I signed up for a powerlifting meet prior to me even um, submitting my application to re to reattempt that. So my mindset was powerlifting meet. And then some things were said. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go break this record. And that's what happened. So I break this record uh, October 25th. And then six weeks later, I go do a powerlifting meet at the 220 weight class. That's and nice, I, man. yeah, I squat 475, I bench whatever, 250, 260, and then deadlift 475, six weeks after I break a one mile world record. And Lucky then another man, six weeks later, eight weeks, I do another powerlifting meet. So I've always been well, a meathead well, uh, at, at heart. So yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, and I, and I, I'll be, I'll be honest, I think, that's been the one thing that's been I and the reason I bounce out of of Corey stuff sometimes is I'm like I'm not competing in powerlifting why am I only doing powerlifting stuff but it seems like it'd be a fun thing to compete in like when I watch you guys compete I'm like it looks fun dude especially I need to find a crew of guys here that would I could uh you know wake up and train with I think that would probably it would just it would elevate it I can tell you guys all compete and that's what I don't have is like I'm just competing against myself so CrossFit's been interesting because I can actually like uh there's a time that I know I did before and I'm like okay if I beat it by a second I beat my old self right and it's like progress yeah Uh, or weights right it's like my front squat goal has been 300 for a long time and so I've just been building and building and building to try to front squat 300 at 165 like I think that's pretty good yeah yeah um so that's awesome, dude. Good. First of all, good for you. I mean, to pull off both of those. What were your three numbers you said at the powerlifting meet The right after the lunch record? Six weeks later, after my world record, I did a 475 squat. Um, bench was like 250. I, I'm horrible at bench. I'll be the first to say it. I, I don't really like it. I'm trying my best to keep, get better. I like I said, too. I've had <laughs> surgery on both shoulders. So um, 
and then I deadlifted 475 conventional, which was the first time. I, yeah, I believe it was conventional, but real quick, I'll show you. Oh yeah, let's see it. I want to see it live. I, I do. Fuck yeah, dude. That's huge. That's way bigger than I thought it was. Well, it, that is the, so The paper cool. is, it's only this. I just made it in a big frame because I'm going to have all my witnesses who participated in that day to sign it. Oh, that's cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. For everyone that's cool. listening and not watching, he's he's got the Guinness World mm-hmm. Record, um, the plaque there that he just showed. That is super cool, dude. Good yeah. for you, man. That's awesome. So what was that? Pro- I know we're uh, we're over our time a little bit, but I got to ask because for the yeah. to actually go out and have the folks from Guinness come out, what was what do you have to do? Did you have to like you have to like apply and there's like a is there like a process that goes into getting them to show up in, in, in Ohio to watch you do this? Well, it's funny you say that. They did not come to Ohio to watch me because in order for Guinness World Record judges to come out and watch you try to attempt to break a record, you need to pay them (laughs) $12,000. So obviously, I'm not going to do that, right? So uh, another option is to have your own witnesses, and they all have to be a a credential witness, whether they're in the industry or um, they recommended like policemen or fire chiefs, things like that. Um, so I didn't do that. And I got my own witnesses. I had Corey was a witness, uh, Brian Peters, Don Labenthal, who's in the 4am crew. And then coach Mike Deegan, who is the Denison baseball, uh, head coach. And then I had Cole take photos and then Trayvon take the, the video. Right. And then I had yeah. Tyler Treadway walk alongside me and hold my phone because I had my AirPods in with, with my music to keep me going. So all those guys played a huge role in that day alongside everybody who, who came to watch me my wife and all and my 4am crew training partners. So, um, but, but back to the process of Guinness, I didn't pay that 12 grand because I'm, I'm not about to do that. Right. Yeah. That's so I had to go. Yeah. It's silly, but there it's, it's a business, right? So I kind of get yeah. it. Um, but I had to fill out all this paperwork. And once I was done, um, breaking the record, we we sat there and filled out the paperwork. The witnesses had their each individual documents that they had to do. And then I had to provide um, all of those and then submit it onto my account through their website um, mm. and then tell them like what kind of knee sleeves. The knee sleeves needed to be able to be purchased retail and not um, made by yourself, right? So anybody oh, had to be able- Even that was, that's yeah. crazy. Like to make sure there's not like extra spring in it or something crazy. Yep. Yep. And if you listen to Goggins talk about his record, he said the same thing because when he made his own gloves, he had to get them approved by Guinness before he could attempt it. But because my knee sleeves that I wore, you can, anybody can purchase through Amazon or retail. I didn't need to worry about that. That's really wild. I would have never even thought twice about like I wear knee sleeves and I would have never thought twice about that being an advantage or someone could yeah. could tweak that and make an advantage. I guess that's cool though, that they're that diligent that that oh. way, you know, your record is gold and no one's going to yep. come in and have some fuckery, right? Yeah. They're super serious, which and they should be. I mean, it's the Guinness world yeah. record throughout the entire world. Everybody knows what Guinness is, right? I mean, you yeah, go into yeah. the book fair as a third and fourth grader is like, Oh, I can't wait to look at the Guinness world record book, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to be in it. Cause I think you have to pay to be in it, which oh, likely I heard that you do, which yeah. maybe down the line, if the records is still there, I will eventually, but, uh, It'd yeah. be cool to do um, it one time if it stays for a while, just to have that book on your shelf. And it's, you know, cool. it's cool. Cause Trayvon obviously documented that in a yep. like, incredible way. Like it looks the photos and the videos you guys got. I mean, he's, he's a goat too. That, yeah. It was super cool the way you guys documented it. So yeah, we had be, to, I, I had to submit that whole video, submit some pictures that Cole took, and um, yeah. So once they did that, I had an option to pay six hundred dollars for them to review it within five business days, or I wait eight to twelve weeks to find out if I broke it or not. And obviously, I'm going to pay that six hundred dollars to find out in five days. And I knew right then and there that I broke it, and I was. Boom. I got that email instantly call, uh, told my wife cause I was at home and then I instantly FaceTime Corey to let him know, like it's official, like that motherfucker's mine and it's, it's up so for anybody badass. to take. All records are meant to be broken. So if you want to try it, fucking apply and go do it and don't yeah, talk about yeah. it. Fucking exactly. apply, put yourself out there, videotape it, make sure every rep counts and go do it, man. Every record's meant to be broken. So 
I, I Hell yeah. If I can motivate and inspire somebody to go break my record, man, that's awesome because I know what it takes to break it. Right. So you just walk through it, man. Yeah. It's not, it's not like someone's going to show up at the track tomorrow and be able to lay that time down for everyone listening. What is this? What's the exact time? 23 minutes and 14 seconds, 23 minutes and 14 seconds, four laps around a track. So a full so mile real right. quick. I'm going to interrupt you on the four laps. You can do four laps plus the extra 9.34 meters. So everybody thinks a mile is 1600 meters flat when it's not, it's 1609.34. So if you're on a track and you're in lane one, that very first triangle is the official mile. So you do four laps, one, two, three, four, oh. that triangle is a mile. So that's why you saw me have those two cones. I had to make sure my chest was all the way through those cones. And then that's when they stopped the time. Cause that's a mile. I remember you saying that now. Cause didn't, didn't someone fuck that up? Not you, but I thought, did you, I thought you explained this somewhere where I, I just do explained it the full what a mile was. I don't think anybody okay. messed it up. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine though, if you didn't do that right. And then you laid it all down and then you submitted it and you're like, wait, and you, cause you beat it by a lot. Didn't you, didn't you beat it by like a minute? I beat it by a minute and six seconds with a 10 second break in my record attempt. Oh, you, you took a 10 second break. Yeah. So oh, after three that. laps, I, I knew like I was coming up close. So that's how I trained though. Like every Tuesday was a max effort mile prior to my attempt. So I already broke it two times before I even attempted it. So I knew what I needed to do. That's right. That's and right. I'm, I remember this now. Yeah. At the halfway mark, 800 meters, I was at 11.09. And I knew right then and there, like, this record's fucking mine. And during my third lap, I came up to the 1,100-meter uh, mark. And then I got to, like, 1,150. I'm 50 meters away from finishing my third lap. The lactic acid is just getting crazy right now. And I was like, all right. I'm going to take this quick 10 second break. And it's funny because the day or two before I listened to, um, or I went back onto YouTube and watched Rocky versus Apollo mm. and just that whole, like that song that Goggins listens to going the distance was on. And I'm just like, so if boxing, you can get knocked down for 10 seconds, you have 10 seconds to get up. Right. Why can't yeah, I just right, take right. a break for 10 seconds and keep going? I got knocked down. I got punched in the face by this lactic acid let me take this quick 10 second break, get myself collected, get my breathing right. I'm back after it. So it can go one of two ways though, right? You can go, you take that quick break, the lactic acid gets worse, right? Because that say, happens. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, the first 10 meters are crucial. And I knew after those first 10 meters, after I restarted that this was a fucking wrap and I knew I was going to blow it out of the water. Love it, man. That is yeah. that is so dope. Good for you. Congratulations. I'm glad I got Thank to you. talk to you and actually tell you that face to face. Um, Absolutely. So cool I, to watch. I was so pumped you beat it, man. I was you, I knew you were like prepping, prepping, prepping for it for a long time. And it was really cool to see you achieve the goal, man. It's fucking awesome. Yes. Thank you. Um, Absolutely, buddy. As we're as we're getting down to time, there's a few questions, Jake, I love to ask every guest I have on here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sure. throw them your way. The first one, yeah. I'm sure you'll have something good. And you've mentioned a few already. But for everyone listening, if you had to pick one source of knowledge, whether it's a podcast, a book, an article you've read recently, what would be one thing that just pops in your brain right away that you'd share with the audience today? That's a great question, Shane. Wow, you put me on the spot. Honestly, like <laughs> I'm biased, I'm very biased, but man, if you're not following what Corey Gregory's doing, like you need to be following his his shit and everything he provides because it, it literally changed my life in the direction that my life is going right now. Um, so sign up for his Monday newsletter. He's putting some, some really good shit out there right now lately. And it, it's just an article and a couple other things out there every Monday, just get a little, there's a paragraph in there with some motivation and inspiration. So I would say sign up for his, um, Monday, Monday newsletter. Love that. Yeah, it's it's really good. I, I subscribe it to it. It's it's fantastic. Um, the next one, Jake, is essentially, obviously, achieving that goal took lots and lots of just boring days of making progress. Um, for you, whether it's fitness, business, life, what tools do you use to plan your goals and then to get shit done on a daily basis? Are you a pen and paper kind of guy? Do you have like apps you use? Like what tools do you put around <sighs> you to actually achieve this stuff? 
That's a great question because I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I am horrible at writing things down and putting it like on paper. Um, I know you should, so you can visualize it and see things like that. Um, but honestly, I write it down once in a while, but I really don't do any kind of like apps that motivate me to do goals. I mean, I have my notes app where I put some lifting numbers and things like that. Um, yeah. Honestly, I try to look at each day as a new day to get better, right? Like obviously I'm gonna have my powerlifting meet on the calendar or, or the lunge attempt and things like that, but um, I need to do better at it. So I'm glad you asked me that question, Shane. So I, I'm gonna try to make a more conscious effort on writing things down. Um, I could be a little bit more organized in those kind of things, but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna take that as a challenge and, and start doing There we that. go, so all right, yeah, I, I mean. Usually I don't utilize really anything like that. Yeah, there, I don't think there's a right, a wrong answer to that and it's funny like i've had a lot of people on here and there's pen and paper is definitely probably the most common i would say there's very few people that i know that use apps that would yeah. recommend it so pen and paper is common but you know it's funny some of the best people that have achieved the biggest things i've noticed like talking them on here they um they don't necessarily have a process and that's part of i think the creativity of of what you're trying to achieve is it's a little bit of chaos up here but you know yep. down here it's happening it's getting done so i think there might be something to that organized chaos. I like to call it a lot of people do. I mean, I've written them down in the past. I just, I've gotten away from it. Um, but, uh, the organized chaos stays up in my, my tiny little brain. Yeah, man. I definitely understand that. The last (laughs) one, this one, this one is a, is a new question, Jake. So this one, hopefully, uh, hopefully you'll you'll go in for this. So you've obviously, you just achieved an enormous goal. You're obviously building towards more goals. I think I'll keep this one fitness focused. Okay. So in your life now, I don't know, how old are you? I'm going to turn 30 in May, May oh, 28th. there you go. That's a yeah, good one. 30. Congrats, man. Yeah. Happy early birthday. 30, baby. <laughs> yeah, 30, 30. That's a good one. I'm 32 this year, so it feels that just sounds old. That's funny. Um, so at 30 years old, time. exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, at 30 years old, uh, knowing what you've achieved and where you've been, is there anything along that road for the listeners today that you'd like to share that in the back of your head you have one little regret? Hmm. That's what a great question. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would say I didn't put forth my best effort when I was in school in Illinois playing for that team. I kind of, I'll say it. I expected to start and was, I kind of had the, I wanted a little bit of a handout. Like they told me I was going to start. I started right away. Some things happened. I didn't put forth the work outside of practice that I do now, right? I mean, our practice is 4 a.m. crew. I mean, I'm doing stuff periodically throughout the day. I mean, even when I'm on the road for work, I'm stopping at rest areas and stretching a little bit, walking around just to get the blood flow moving. But um, when I was playing ball down in Illinois, we had a required total number of shots you needed to do each week outside of practice. Mm. And we'd all like bullshit and we wouldn't do it. We'd all go back to that basketball house, which is where I live with nine of my teammates and we'd play 2K all day, right? So um, that's one thing. I, I didn't put forth my best effort when I was there. And that and that's, I'm okay with that. I'm not mad at myself for it, but you learn, right? I learned that that you're not gonna get shit fucking handed to you. You gotta put forth your, your effort and the work outside of practice if you wanna be great and elite. So- Love that's that. what that's what I would say. That's a great answer, man. And I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's it's not just about it's not necessarily having a regret and like sitting on it and complaining about it and worrying about it. It's a, you learn from it and now look at you. It's like a totally different. It's like taking a whole different spin on your life, which is the whole point. Yeah, love I, it. Man. I learned a lot. Well, very cool. Well, Jake, I mean, I appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate you being patient as we got up and running. Um, It was really cool just to sit down and get to talk to you virtually over, you know, all the stuff that you've just achieved in the last year. Um, I'm excited to see what powerlifting numbers look like. And uh, it's interesting, too. I feel like the lunges across the board, whether it's just because, you know, now you have a voice that's getting bigger and bigger. Um, I know uh, Ben Knight, right? He was the one that you you beat his record. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's just a few different folks now on top of Corey that are like, they've achieved something. So I feel like the lunges is starting to become something more and more people are learning about and seeing. So I think it's like anything else. It's cool when more people are getting involved and trying it. And you see that like that type of fitness growing uh, and people realizing it does a lot of benefits outside of just trying to be fast on a track. Right. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And hopefully this podcast gets a few more people to give it a shot. 
I, I sure hope so, man. I, I, w- I want to say one more thing about the lunges. I, I, I'm, I'm so biased, I guess, but I'm, I'm such an advocate for lunges and we, we've all proved it over this time. And Corey's proved it. Everybody's proved that these lunges need to be a staple in everybody's training program, whether it's one to three days a week, three to five days or every single day. If you're not doing distant lunges for GPP work, what kind of program are you doing? That's, I would question it. Really? I, like it's, I love it. it's been proven the past decade, right? I've done them for four and a, almost four and a quarter years. Corey's been doing them for a decade plus. There's plenty of other people throughout the world who do these lunges on a consistent basis and are continuing to make progress every single day. And if you're not doing distant lunges and you take lifting serious, do you really take it serious? Do you take your GPP serious? That I'll leave it at that, man. Like you, you got to stop sitting on the sideline. You got to try these lunges. I, if you, if your fitness level is basic, low, go three minutes, go five minutes. But if you're an advanced lifter, go do one lap of lunges and tell me how you feel the next morning and then go do it again and go do it again. You're just going to get stronger, leaner, your metabolism can get faster. Like what? You need to stop questioning these lunges. You got to get on it. I love it. I love you laying it out. You're laying it out. There you go, folks. If you've been listening (laughs) to this podcast long enough, you know, I've talked about it. Jake's now calling you out. Go do lunges, tag Jake in it, tag me in yep. it. Let's see, let's see you guys get it done. I love it. Let's go. Awesome, buddy. Thanks well, thank you, Jake. I I, yeah, man, I appreciate it. And um, best of luck with all the powerlifting coming up. I'm sure we'll see some more big things coming out of you. Yes, sir.